COVID Canary Cast. I was thinking, is it is it Brovid? Is it Covexit? Are we talking about Brexit <laughs> or COVID or both? I mean, I had I saw one headline, Janet Anscombe. Hello, Janet. Sorry, I'm Cleo Flynn, and this is Janet. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Cleo. Hello, everybody. I yes, Cleo, the headline. I mean, there's some newspaper headlines talking and almost mixing up. Uh, COVID restrictions because of Brexit, blaming Brexit restrictions on COVID or COVID restrictions on Brexit. And it is just becoming almost like a nightmare on, I don't know, nightmare on Downing Street, nightmare on Avenida de Bruxelles. I have no idea. So where do we start, Janet, today? I think one thing we could start with is the report that started out with one report in the Financial Times and then suddenly went incredibly fast around all sources. And as you say, it, it actually mixed up COVID and Brexit because the report said, and before we start, it is incorrect. Okay. The report said, the report said that from the 1st of January, um, Brits would not be allowed into the EU because of Brexit and because of COVID. And because Brexit would mean that on the 1st of January, the UK would become a third country because the transition period is over. Now, that itself is true. The transition period ends on the 31st of December, and we are indeed a third country from the 1st of January. However, for COVID purposes, for the decision of Spain as to whether we have a PCR test, the UK is already treated as a third country. There is no sudden switch on the 1st of January. That's already happened. And yet, Brits are still allowed into Spain, providing they are bringing a PCR test. So the whole report was misguided. There is no sudden shift on the 1st of January because we're already treated as a third country. And second of all, it all hinges on whether the UK will be classed as a high-risk country on the 1st of January. And as the reports have all acknowledged way down after people have stopped reading, this is merely a recommendation by the EU Commission, yeah. actually the EU Council, I think, and individual countries are more than able to introduce their own regulations to cover the contingency. And Spain's contingency plan involves the PCR test. So there is absolutely no restriction on Brits from the 1st of January coming into Spain because of COVID or Brexit, there is absolutely no issue. Interestingly, and I'm going to just leap into an aside here. Last week, we spoke about Brexit and, and we put a big kind of a, a, a warning on it saying we are recording this on Monday, whatever Monday it was. This is Monday, the 14th of December. Uh, and there was an interesting interview I heard today with Tony Connolly, who is the European editor for RTE and who has spoken on, on our podcast before. Indeed. Indeed, he has said that currently what could be happening is that a deal could well now be in the offing, but because it will take so long for it to be ratified um, from the 1st of January, there could be a prorogation. It could be into a prorogue situation that for a couple of weeks, the UK and the rest of Europe will act as if a no deal situation has actually occurred until a deal is ratified. 
Now, I don't think that's going to affect travel, but I just think it's a very interesting shift on, on the Brexit talks. Um, because they just, Indeed. it's like they don't seem to, what is, I suppose, hopeful is that despite perhaps what Mr. Johnson, Mr. Boris Johnson has said and has table thumped about, he doesn't seem to want to give up yet, which I think is a good sign. Well, I mean, we've heard deadline after deadline after deadline until we are sick of deadlines. And it is, I, James O'Brien, I think he was, said yesterday on, on Twitter that it's like this DFDS sale in the UK. I remember back in the 70s, there's this sort of major furniture store that uh -huh. had a everything must go sale every single week. <laughs> and it's been going on for about 30 years and it's got to go. Today is the last day and this when is the day. it's gone, gone. <laughs> And next week is, oh, we're back. We have the same sale. Everything must go by the end of the week. It, it's like one of those interminable um, sales. Where this all ends, I don't know. The, the simple fact is that on the 31st of December at 11 p.m. UK time, because that's midnight in Brussels, the UK becomes the third country and the yeah. transition period is over. At some point, as we said last week, as I said last podcast, there has to be a trade deal at some point with the it EU because be. the UK will starve without it because at least 40% of its fresh food comes in from the EU. So there has to be a trade deal. The problem any Conservative Prime Minister faces right now, whether it's Johnson, Theresa May, or um, Ian Duncan Smith, or Rees Mogg, whoever it might be, yeah, yeah. or not. The problem they have is that the UK seems to have defined giving an inch, let's stay with the old non-measurements <laughs> while we're going the extra mile, um, if you give an inch to get an agreement, you are somehow undermining your sovereignty. So the minute he says yes to any conditions to get a trade deal, mm -hmm. which sort of misunderstands the idea of a deal, really, because each side has to come to an agreement. As the Spanish he, foreign minister wonderfully said over the weekend, in fact. That very clearly, she said in English yeah. only yesterday. Um, the minute he does that, the ERG, the ultra wing of the Tory party, what I call the nut job wing of the Tory party, <laughs> will go absolutely bonkers yeah. and call for his resignation. If he doesn't, however, give any ground in order to make a deal, and any deal with anybody will require him to give something, because you can't have a deal while retaining all that you no. want and giving nothing, then the minute he doesn't do that and a deal falls flat, the moderates in his party are going to call for his resignation. This is the unenviable position of any Conservative Prime Minister right now. I mean, so was, what he will do, I don't know, but the likeliest, the likeliest scenario is that there will not be, and there will be some sort of cobbled together agreement which will be applied provisionally so that the EU Parliament can ratify it in January, which is what Tony Connolly is saying. Yes. Um, and then it'll or if anything else, it has to be translated into the languages exactly. of all members for it to be read by national parliaments, debated and voted on. Exactly. One of the most interesting sideshows to watch over this last weekend has been the EU Parliament, mm. which has been increasingly making noises that, unlike some parliaments they will not mention, they aren't going to be bounced into passing a deal without discussion. Um, mentioning no names, of course, but they are making their, they have limited power, but they do have power. 
and they are saying quite clearly we will ratify this by reading it and understanding what we are being asked to ratify so the idea that there'll be a late cobbled together deal that's, <clears throat> that's suddenly that's crazy, parliament that's not going to happen yeah uh, I mean, I thought, interesting, first of all, my admiration for a woman I'd hardly heard of a year ago, Ursula von der Leyen, has just expanded enormously. I, I think she is, and she's much more involved than Juncker was a year ago, I think, I mean, as, as she is now president of the European Commission. Absolutely. Being extremely diplomatic in her use of language. I mean, yesterday she used the word sovereign when talking about the 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 rights that Britain would would have as a sovereign nation over their uh, decisions on how to deal with trade, level playing pitch. I mean, she pointed out that Britain would, of course, be sovereign in any decisions that it wished to take. And I think she seems to be leading the talks very, very well from any point of view. Now, I think anyone who voted Brexit would take a completely opposite view to mine and say that she's a bully and she's a school marm and possibly be sexist about it because if a man was doing the same he would be strong and lead, showing leadership um but it was I, I personally... delightful imagery which the bbc news <coughs> podcast picked up uh, about three days ago where herself and boris johnson were were stopped and asked for a photograph and boris looked to this is about britain regaining back its its sovereignty and its own decision making and boris looked to her asked her when he should take off his mask, how far apart he should stand. She told him he followed her rules exactly and then asked her when he could put his mask back on again. So it was just this lovely interplay of vision yes. and words. Um, but they seem to be getting, there seems to be a mutual respect there, which I hope is a good thing. She is an impressive character. Her English is impeccable. I won't say it's better than Juncker's, but she is more hands-on. It is quite clear that she is more involved and she is a let's let's just say that compared to Juncker, she is a less flamboyant character, maybe a more sober character. Yes, yeah. In yeah. more than one meaning of the phrase sober. <laughs> but sympathetic. I mean, she seems to be more yeah. sympathetic towards the nuances that Boris Johnson needs to bring into any deal because it's it, it has to go through the British Parliament. I mean, I just get the sense that she understands his dilemma to an extent more than perhaps I think she does I think she does she's she's also newer to the game isn't she and she yeah. is less worn out by it I think well, those who've been with it from the beginning like you and I have been following it from the beginning uh before the beginning it does get to a point where you oh for god's sake just finish it <laughs> yeah but I mean Let's see. I mean, yeah. you kind of, I, I jokingly said on, I don't know, was it on Facebook or somewhere that you kind of feel they're trying to just bore us into a complete state of, uh, I don't know, coma. So that we don't. They've done that. <laughs> They've yeah, done that. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, that's grand. Okay, so as I said, we're recording this on the 14th of December. Who knows what will have happened in a day or in two days or three days time. Hopefully it will continue to look more positive than it did, it did a week ago. There will have to be a trade deal at some point. And I think the one thing we need to stress at least is that all we're talking about now is trade. Yeah. And there will be, there will inevitably be disruption in the UK 
in the early part of the new year because there isn't time to ratify a deal and whatever is agreed will have to be provisionally apl applied. Mm -hmm. And that assumes there can be some agreement. There will be a period of disruption, but that is all to do with trade. And in terms of having left the EU and the transition period coming to an end and the UK being a fully fledged third country, that's all covered by the withdrawal agreement. So citizens' rights are safe. As we said last time, anything that affects, will affect, or, or is affecting Brit British citizens living abroad was agreed a year ago and has already Absolutely. been put into place. And nothing about that will change, whether it's and it, movement, visas, uh, resident cards, or exactly. anything. Like that. That's already decided. And all that exactly. is changing at the moment are recommendations, uh, administrative ups and downs or administrative changes to actually incorporate the new rules and regulations that's absolutely right and speaking yes. of which janet you published you republished today advice from the brits in spain facebook page can you just explain what that was yes they have today actually just come out with a piece of advice which yes. is new today and they say i'll just quote it as some of you will be traveling to the UK for Christmas, mm. these are British nationals who are resident in the Canaries. Okay. So some are obviously going to be going to the UK for Christmas. Now, first thing to say is actually that the UK has introduced a quarantine for yeah. anybody who is entering the UK. So that is something to be taken into account. But even allowing there is quarantine, there will be some British nationals resident in the Canaries who are going back to the UK for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so the Foreign Office, speaking directly to them today, has said, we want to advise anyone who is traveling to prepare for returning to Spain by taking your residency documents with you. Now, the residence documents are the green certificate that we had, the registro, either as an A4 bit of paper or as a small credit card size bit of paper, or the new tier either of those is a legal registration document and those are the documents that people will need in order to return if Tenerife and the Canaries is in lockdown now there is a possibility given our figures and the, the foreign office hasn't said why they've said this but one presumes it's because there is a chance that Tenerife at least will be in lockdown again because nothing has worked. Our figures are horrendous. <clears throat> and it is possible that people trying to get back in will face the situation that we had earlier this year where there's lockdown in the Canaries and people aren't allowed in unless they are resident. Just clarify, so, Janet, if they're coming back after the 31st of December, they will also need to go into the non-EU line with their passports and with their residency papers. Is that correct? That is correct, and that is about the only difference being a third country national will make to their returning to Spain. They will have to queue up at they'll have to queue up at the um, the non EU gates and may be subject to passport control rather than just walking through. Yes, that will change, and that will change for Brits after the first of January. But in in terms of lockdown here, if that were to happen, anybody planning to come? And I mean, we. We all know people who like to come over just for the new year or just in the new year. You know, they have Christmas in the UK and then they come back here or they have Christmas in the UK and then come for their holiday. Here. Yeah. yeah. There is a chance if there's lockdown here, anybody who is trying to get in who is not a resident and can't prove it won't be allowed in. Okay. 
well, let us, let's deal with that now, because while infection rates in Spain have actually improved, I mean, I think yesterday or the day before, they were as low as they had been since August. Here in the Canary Islands, that is not the case. And in Tenerife, it is absolutely not the case. They are unfortunately continue to spiral. Nothing seems to work. The, there was a time, as we said last week, where Gran Canaria was being held out as an oddity because everywhere else is quite good and Gran Canaria's figures were excessive. And as of last week, Tenerife exceeded those. We're now over 10,000 and we are the worst affected island. Our numbers in the last couple of days apparently have been the worst, second worst recorded the day before yesterday. Uh, intensive care beds are said to beginning to be beginning to cause concern. We're up to about 18% capacity. That doesn't sound like a lot, but they like to have a lot of leeway for intensive care because if there were to be a major disaster, they, would, they need those beds. Yeah, uh, like an, an, air, an air traffic accident exactly. or a fire or, or something. Or, or we're entering flu season as well. <laughs> and there could be any sort of reasons. And they, they don't like to see intensive care capacity approaching a quarter. They, they feel very uncomfortable. So that and, would and we be are, the crisis point, is it, when it's at 25%? That's when they start to, yeah. Okay. Now, at the moment, we have, we're in special measures because we are the only island in the red traffic light semaphore that they introduced. That wasn't working, so we had extra measures or further restrictions, as they called them. That didn't seem to work. So now we are in extraordinary measures, as they're calling them, with the curfew from 11 till 6 overnight with groups limited to four that doesn't seem to be doing anything and it's all up for review at the end of this week and there is obviously concern as to where they go next if nothing is working what do they do this is where the rumors are coming from that we could be facing lockdown again because nothing else is working and our figures are still going up mm. and those icu beds that is a key concern so the other thing to this time, I mean, where to go next? I first of all think that not not enough people believe that they need to actually follow these restrictions. Certainly not enough people here in the south. And I mean, I just looked at the figures and after Santa Cruz and La Laguna, which are the highest density population areas of Tenerife, the next three areas with the highest number of infections are Arona, Adeje and Granadilla. So, and here in Adeje at the moment, we have 147 active cases. And that's people here in Cayo Salvaje or in Las Americas or, or in, in, I don't know, I mean, I'm just in Fania Bay or Torviscas. That's where the infections are, guys. You know? So you do need to wear your masks. And I, I mean, I do see local bars where there are eight people and 10 people sitting at tables with no masks on. And we've said this before. I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the cranky woman anymore. No. Because no. You, do, you don't win friends <laughs> by being the one who says, hey guys, put your masks on, you know. Um, and ultimately, it is, it is very, it's all very well and good. The authorities saying these are the rules and you must abide by them. And it's up to each and every one of us to make sure that we are all abiding by them and making sure our neighbours are as well. But ultimately, there are things called police. Yeah. And until people see 
that this is being policed, and then properly. why well, should why should you or I go out of our way and risk getting sworn at or even worse yeah. for telling someone to do something when there are no police in sight? So I, I wouldn't blame the Guardian without blinking an eyelid. I mean, I, I've seen it. Exactly. We've all exactly. I don't blame the nationals or the Guardia Civil. They are doing their job in the place they need to. But the councils have put out messages, increasingly strident messages, calling on people. Well, they have police forces. Yeah. I now, either those very were very reluctant to go to that step of on the spot, on the street fines. I mean, they really want. I know here in Adeche, they are still really hopeful that. A message of we're all of this together, solidarity, do the right thing. And I'm just. Uh, well, it hasn't worked, has it? No. It just has not worked. And there is a point at which you say the councils have to bear a fair old responsibility for this because the National Sanidad has done what it can nationally. The Regional Sanidad has done, I have to say, in my opinion, a stunning job. No of coordinating the response to this outbreak in these islands. And I don't think the health departments nationally or regionally can, can take a, a, a hair of blame on, on this. They have done absolutely everything they can. Um, Angel Torres as the president of the Canaries and Pedro Martin as the president of Tenerife in the, in the Cabildo, they have both done what they can. And they have engaged with the municipalities within their powers. They have engaged with what they need to do. The only place I can put a, my finger on and say this really let the side down was in local policing. Mm -hmm. Because people have, who else is going to be doing patrols around local bars along the Veronicas or, uh, or along Fania Bay? The, the Nationals are doing what they can and the Guardia where they can. But policing local areas is down to police forces. No good hoping the public will do what they're told. They obviously I mean, will not. And inevitably, once that happens, then then the Facebook uh, trolls will start saying we're living in a police state and this is a dictatorship. And you kind of say, well, you didn't put your mask on or you didn't maintain social distance and you didn't wash your hands. It's not just about putting on masks either, guys. No, I mean, I know a friend who said to me he was obeying all the rules, but he caught COVID by not washing his hands when he was having dinner somewhere. And it was that simple. So it's but the bottom line is, the bottom line really is that there are too many people who will only do something if they can actually see someone there to enforce it. Yeah. Now, whether one likes it or not, some of those are tourists, many are residents, and unless they see police there to enforce it, they will not obey the rules. And that and is human nature. You're saying it's everybody. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Residents and tourists and foreign residents and native residents and peninsulares, mm -hmm. you know, it's everybody. And there are too many people who will not do the right thing without being forced. And the one area of force that is not playing its part at the moment, in my opinion, is local policing. Let's see. Maybe they're listening, Janet. Maybe they're listening. Maybe there are, but um, they <clears throat> they also need a few more resources. To be fair to the Policia Locales, yeah, they do. They, they do. need the resources, which is why I blame the councils rather than the police. Well, let's see. Maybe they're listening too. I mean, I, I will hold fire because I am employed by one of them. You are. <laughs> but it is a message that I think um, <clears throat> they are beginning to hear. I, I do know that it is being said to them. 
um, and hopefully, I, I like for instance, I know it's not the only um, issue upon which the mayor of Adeche has hoped that people will do the right thing. And I mean, I'm talking beyond COVID and other issues too, because you know the council don't want to be the heavy hand. They don't want no. an iron fist, but maybe the time has come. Maybe the I think the time was always there. I, I think there are, I mean, let's just, you know, go off at a T completely and, and talk about domestic violence. It's the wrong thing to do. It's yeah. a cultural thing. Nobody likes being told what to do. And unless it's actually pleased with ramifications, mm. then people won't stop doing it. Yeah. Very, it's it's yeah. very simple to analyse. It's difficult to actually find a solution. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. Well, listen, we're going to leave it there today because um, because I think we're trying to keep these things tight. We're trying to keep them informative. I yeah. picked a song to go out on because um, we listen. My, my daughter insists that we have Christmas songs in December in the car. And the words of uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas sung by the incomparable Ella Fitzgerald swirl around my head because if you listen to the lyrics, while a lot of it is, you know, today and tomorrow when we'll see each other, there is through the years we all will be together if the fates allow. Until then, we'll have to struggle through somehow. And I listen to that and I think that's the song for now, because next year, if we struggle through, we all will be together. So we're going to play out today's Canary cast, Christmas Canary cast with Ella Fitzgerald. That is a lovely lovely sentiment and maybe next year we'll all be able to go to St Louis well there you go wouldn't that be something <laughs> all right Janet we'll talk next week we'll do one more COVID canary COVID <clears throat> cast or canary Christmas cast before Christmas and let's see what 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 we get in our stockings maybe there'll be vaccines <laughs> <laughs> or, a <bar> <laughs> or a bar of soap yeah or some some extra new hand gel all right well and a deal and a Brexit deal for everybody. That would be nice. Please <laughs> make it end. <laughs> All right. Talk to you next week, Janet. Bye bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Next year, all our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Next year, all our troubles will be miles away. Once again, as in olden days, happy golden If the fates allow Until then we'll have to muddle through somehow So have yourself a merry little Christmas now
Christmas now 